Welcome to the Rock is George podcast. I'm your host, George Dion, and this is episode 132. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to hit like, follow, or subscribe on the platform that you're listening to. Also, check out my work at theloudest.com on the planet, knac.com, for exclusive interviews, live show coverage, and more. My guest for this episode is keyboardist Jonah Weingarten of the Power Metal Act, Pyramids. Pyramids is set to release their seventh studio album, Bloodlines, on June 23rd through AFM Records. And here's Jonah Weingarten to tell you more about it. If I knew absolutely nothing about Pyramids, how would you describe the band's music to me? Um, I think that our current sound is sort of a modern symphonic, symphonic melodic metal um, with big, powerful vocals, a lot of hooks, um, huge orchestration, really technical drumming. Absolutely. And it certainly comes through on your upcoming album, Bloodlines. It's your seventh studio album. It comes out on June 23rd through AFM Records. You must be kind of chomping at the bit for this thing to come out. You've been releasing singles for a while now, uh, and the reviews are looking great. So you must be excited about that as well. Yeah. Um, I speak for all of us when I say that we are very excited. Um, a lot of these songs, um, I had written during the pandemic too. So it feels good for them to finally see the light of day. Now in Pyramaze, it's typically you and Jacob Hansen that does the primary songwriting. Yeah. Um, on this new album, I wrote seven of the songs and he wrote three. Um, it just happened that way. Um, but yeah, it's the two of us now that are the main songwriters. And you and Jacob mainly compose the music portion of it. From what I understand, you use outside lyricists for your music? Yeah. So Michael Camer, who founded the band, um, used to write all our lyrics. But then when he left in 2011, I think it was, um, the rest of us, we kind of looked at each other and we're, we're all like, well, I don't write lyrics. Do you write lyrics? Well, no. Do you? And, you know, is that kind of thing? Um, so, yeah, we've, instead of, um attempting it our, on our own we just know that it's not a strong suit of ours so we bring in some other talented folks to help out with that and musicians have been doing that for the longest time it's just some don't really publicize it yeah um i don't think there's anything wrong with it you know i i'm a keyboard player and i compose orchestration and those are things that i do i just am not a lyricist and you know i think anyone else in the band would say the same about themselves you know, it's just, uh, you know, if we ever have someone in the band that does that and does it well, then, you know, we would utilize that, but we don't. So Bloodlines uh, sort of has an underlying theme, but it's not a concept album. It's sort of the curiosity of the unknown and kind of personal struggles we're going through, which you said you wrote this during the pandemic. So I assume that sort of had an impact on the atmospheric portion of the album. Yeah, um, I just think um creatively this is kind of the space that we're in right now and that definitely shows through in in the music and how everything has come together how do you decide uh which songs to put out as singles and which songs to just leave as deeper cuts on the album well that was actually pretty tough on this one um on bloodlines because i think that um a lot of the songs could have been singles so we the ones we chose um ended up being the the choices just because they were all kind of different from each other and sort of covered a broader spectrum of 
our style and what we do. Like Fortress is more of a proggy power metal song. And then Broken Arrow is kind of more of a straightforward, um, you know, a bit a bit catchier, more to the point type of song. There's this one bird out there in the tree that doesn't want to shut up. He wants his time in the sun, too. Right. Yeah, he wants to be a part of this interview. I'm out here on my uh, three-season porch, so it's a beautiful <laughs> day in Minnesota. Uh, your latest video is Alliance. It features Melissa Bonney from Ad Infinitum. Infinum? Ad Infinitum, yep. And The Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, I know she's a label made at AFM there, so I assume that's the connection on getting her involved in this? Um. So actually... So Jacob, our guitarist, um, has produced and mixed um, a lot of the albums that Melissa's done with Ad Infinitum and Dark Side of the Moon. Um, and then he actually also mixed the new Camelot album that she appeared on. So there's that connection there. And then I have a connection with her in that I've helped her work on some of her solo material that she hasn't released yet. Um, but she's just a great person and a great friend um, to all of us. And um, she resides in Denmark. She's engaged to the drummer of Amaranth, Morton, who is also a friend. Super cool guy. Um, and we're all so lucky that she was willing to lend us her talent for that song. Um, it's exactly as beautiful as I wanted it to be. It's a very personal song for me um, that I had written for um, my ex-fiance. And to see it come to life in the, all the ways that it has, has been deeply rewarding. Have you gotten any feedback from the ex-fiance on it? Um, yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, she seems to like it. So her and I, we're still friends. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Now you got some other special guests. You got Olaf from Amaranthi and you have Andrew Kingsley of Unleash the Archers and Tim Hansen, who is Kai Hansen's son. I assume these are friends or friends of friends that you brought in. Yeah. Um, so our Unleash the Archers connection uh, runs deep because the singer Brittany Slays sang on our last album. And then um, they're, the whole band, is they're good friends with me and they're good friends with Jacob because Jacob, again, has produced their, their albums, their newer stuff and mixed it and everything. Um, so... Um, whenever Unleash the Archers comes into town here and the Twin Cities on tour, um, I always get together with them and we go to this place called Pizza Luce. It's kind of a tradition now. Um, so they're, they're pals. They're all so talented. And um, Andrew is a phenomenal lead guitarist. So since we currently don't have a lead guitarist, we needed a, some, a few guitar solos on the album. So um, Olaf and Andrew and Tim were natural choices for us. Does Tim play for another band? I know he's... Kai Hansen of Halloween's son, but I couldn't really find anything about him in music. Yeah, um, my understanding is that he does have his own band. Um, but he played on the song Midnight Sun, uh, which to me has the most energy of any of the songs on the album. And what he did just like made it even more explosive. Like right out the gate, he brings in this guitar lead that complements the sort of piano thing I'm doing. It's very yeah high energy, and then his he plays a solo on the bridge section too. That's just like slamming. It's awesome. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from uh, close friends that I've played that song for. So you mentioned that you're without a lead guitar player, uh, guitarist Toki. I can't do the last name. 
Focus Yorneman. Yeah, it's a tough one. <laughs> he departed back in August and uh did he did he end up appearing on the album at all? Uh he did not. He did not. No. He um he bowed out of the band uh last summer. Um he just wants to move on to other things in his life. And so yeah, we just moved on and we did the album without him completely. Nicholas Son played for you guys uh live recently. Are you considering him for the guitar? Yeah. Um, a couple weeks ago, we played the Nordic Noise Festival in Copenhagen, Denmark, and Nicholas Sona filled in for us, and he's a super cool guy, and I am not at liberty to say slash don't fully know what the future holds, So, but he's a great guy, and uh, he's a good friend already. Like He just, yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about him. So, so in addition to the artistry of the album, the album art that goes along with it and the singles is quite uh, magnificent as well as kind of the vinyl that has that swirly color that matches the colors in the album. So you had remedy art design, do the cover work. Uh, how did you get uh, them on board for this? So remedy art design did our last album cover too, um, the epitaph album. And I think that Jacob just told um, the fella whose name I I don't want to butcher. Um, he's a Greek guy. Um, just, the, yeah, I gave him the album title and gave him free reign. And uh, he came up with this super cool album cover. It's actually my favorite of all our album covers we've ever had. I love the um, white, orange, and blues. It's very sort of outside of the box um, as far as a metal album cover goes. Um, and we like that. And yeah, I just think it's beautiful. And, uh, he, he did the new Camelot album cover as well. So he's really getting himself out there. He's done a lot of the Evergrey stuff as well. Um, speaking of Evergrey, you guys, you mentioned the Nordic noise festival you guys just played and Evergrey was on the bill with Tigers of Pantang and Eclipse. And was this your first live show since the lockdowns? Yes. It was our first live show in three and a half years. <laughs> and somehow those the three and a half years went by really fast um which is weird and but anyway we got together and it was like no time had passed and yeah there we were just back on stage doing our thing and i was like kind of in my head a little bit i'm like god we haven't played live in such a long time like do i still got it you know i just turned 40 too um i turned 40 comma t-o-o -O, uh in march and so I'm like, uh, you know, sort of questioning myself. But yeah, we got up there. We, we rocked it. So it was good. Awesome crowd. <laughs> I'm 47. I have no sympathy for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not the keyboardist of Pyramids, my friend. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> so um, how much of the new material were you able to play live at this event? We played two of the new songs, but um because epitaph came out in 2020 we hadn't played any songs from that album either so we played some songs from that we played um steal my crown and another one that i'm drawing a blank on <laughs> it's <laughs> early my... yeah 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 i'm only two cups of coffee in you just turned 40 you're gonna start forgetting more Right. No, I've noticed that. I, I've noticed, too, like I tell people things and then I forget that I tell them those things. So then I tell them again and they're like, some of them are too polite, you know, to tell me that I already told them. But others are like, hey, dude, you're showing your age, man. 
on this you guys mainly do kind of these festival appearances right you don't do like a regular tour because i mean you're in the u.s the other guys are over in the nordics right yeah we don't do we don't do a lot of like full tours or anything like that we're more of a festival band um but we've actually always kind of been that way do you have any other appearances scheduled for this year or going into next year um yeah not at the moment but um we have some tentative norwegian plans Always better festivals. Always better festivals over there than over here in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, there's there are some good festivals here, like Prague Power USA, um, is a really good one, and I've heard of some other ones too. There's one called uh, the Mad with Power Fest, um, that looks like a cool one. I don't know if Chicago Power Fest is still a thing, but I remember that from back in the day. Yeah, so. there's, there seems to be a lot more opportunities in the Nordics than in the U.S. as far as yeah. festivals. Yeah. Everything's kind of closer together too, which helps. Yeah. You know, when you, when you play these festivals, I mean, you're playing with kind of these bigger bands that have come before you like Evergrey and Tigers of Pantang. Do you ever get, you ever get a little starstruck or fanboyed out when you, when you meet these guys? Um, I think at this point in our careers, we, it's more so as seeing them as peers than, um, you know, bigger or smaller or anything like that. Um, but we were one of the headliners for the festival. So, you know, I don't know. Um, but I, I stayed and watched all of Evergrey's set, and they were awesome, as always. Um, Ricard, the keyboardist of Evergrey, is a longtime friend of mine. We go way back. That's awesome. Um, your vocalist, uh, Tears uh, Haroy? Tears Haroy, yeah. Oh, I was way off. Uh <laughs> He competed on Norway's version of The Voice. Uh, that certainly must have been exciting for him and for you guys as a band. Yeah, that was cool. It was cool to watch him also. I've actually um, kind of been a fan of fan of that show here in the U.S. for some years. Um, so I knew how the whole process worked and everything like that. So I was like really getting into it. But um, it's all in Norwegian, so I couldn't understand anything they were saying. You know, obviously, except for the singing part, so... You had to decide on their facial expressions if they like the performance or not. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, um, I mean, Terry was awesome on the show. He sang everything flawlessly. You could you could tell the songs that he had chosen to sing and then the songs that were chosen for him, you know, because he was like, you know, he came out the gate swinging with a White Snake song. And then whatever the song was that, that he got knocked out of the competition on was like some, you know, crappy pop song. Well, I think these shows aren't really geared towards the rock and roll guys. I mean, yeah, sometimes a rock and roll guy kind of gets there in, 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 in the top 10 or whatnot, but I think it's geared more towards the pop people. Right. Yeah. That's, Maybe not in Norway, but in the U.S. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it seemed like a lot of the competition was just sort of the pop stuff. So, Pyramids is coming up on 20-year anniversary of your first album, Melancholy Beast. It was recently re released on vinyl for the first time through your old record label, Inner Wound Recordings. Uh, what do you kind of remember about putting that album together when you were such a young buck and this band was brand new? Yeah. Um, I have so many fond memories. And that album is timeless, and it's so special to all of us, really. I mean, even though Jacob wasn't in the band then, he still produced the whole album and mixed it and everything. So he's always kind of been with us. Um, 
but yeah, I was 19 years old when we recorded that album. And it was back when I would go to Denmark and record my keyboard parts there in the studio instead of just doing it here in my studio and sending the tracks over because, you know, technology has changed over the years. Um, but that album is considered a classic in the genre and just one of the best debuts ever. And um, I listen to it every now and then. The songs still hold up. So it's great that Inner Wound reissued it on vinyl. Um, yeah, I have it framed hanging on my wall. So, so yeah. How, but... how did an American keyboardist end up with these guys over in the Nordics? So... The gist of it is, is that I got really into European metal when I was in high school um, because there was this metal kid in my class and every day at the lunch table in my high school cafeteria, he would tell me about bands that I needed to check out. And so I'd go and hop on Napster <laughs> and listen to them. And I was like so stoked for it. And then, but I did the right thing, of course. And I went down in my little mom and pop record shop and I special ordered these CDs from Europe. And it would take like two or three weeks for them to get there. And I was so excited. And so I was building up this, you know, metal collection. But all these bands were from Germany and Sweden and Normal Norway and Finland and so on and so forth. And um, so and I, I played the keyboard. I like kind of played the keyboard, you know. But then when I, I heard like the first bands I heard from over there were like Children of Bodom and Cradle of Filth and Demo Borgir and... Um, Nightwish and these bands that were using metal bands that were using keyboards. So I was like, Oh, I could do that. You know? So I started really, I started like learning um, some of these songs by ear on the keyboard and getting really into it. And I just knew that I wanted to play in a metal band in Europe because of all of these sort of stars aligning. Um, so I had just turned 19 and I posted an uh, a little thing on the Vakken Open Air Festival guest book on their webpage. And I was like, hey, I'm Jonah. I'm a keyboardist from the USA and I want to join a metal band in Europe. And I got an email that day from this guy named Michael Kamer from Denmark who was putting together a full album, which ended up being Melancholy Beast, asking me to audition. And so I went, I found this guy um, in the classified section of my newspaper who made um like home movies and edited movies and stuff like that. And so I had him film me and edit together this like super cheesy VHS tape of me playing the keyboard. And it was like really, really corny. You know, there'd be like a shot of me playing the keyboard and then another shot from a different angle would kind of fade in. It was like really eighties looking. And so I sent this, I still have the master copy on my shelf. So I, I snail mailed this VHS tape to Denmark. To Michael and he was like okay cool yeah I want to fly you to Denmark and we're going to make this album and I was like beside myself with excitement you know and um, so January of 2003 I flew to Denmark and we recorded Melancholy Beast in Jacob's studio and then uh, that album got we signed with like this management company called Intro Mental Management and we got they got us record deals all over the world we signed to like EMI in Japan and so I got to skip the whole being in a local band thing. I never had to do that, you know, live in my mom's basement and play in a local band, all, any of that kind of crap. I was just immediately like right out of high school in a band that was on like major labels and blah, blah, blah. So it's an awesome story. And maybe someday I'll write a book about all of it, you know? <laughs> At the very least, you should release the VHS footage. Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. That's like, 
that's like some pretty embarrassing stuff right there. So I don't know about that. You've recently come full circle, so to speak. You did a single with founding guitarist Michael Camerer. Camerer, yep. Camerer, called Children of Time. So obviously you've been in touch since he left the band, and here you are again collaborating. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's just one of my best friends that I've ever had in my life. Um, He gave me my career, so I'm eternally grateful to him. But um, anytime we do anything in Denmark with the band, he always comes and hangs out. Um, he was at our show a couple weeks ago, which is great to see him. And um, he came to our music video shoots for this album last year in November. Um, and yeah, when he asked me to do the Children of Time song, I was like, of course, man. You know, I'm, I've always been at least once a year trying to push him to get back into music. So when he said he was doing this song, um, you know, of course, I had to do that and and wanted to participate and it's the melancholy beast lineup but with nicholas sona on vocals instead and nicholas uh, produced and mixed the song too so definitely check that out absolutely um i know that jacob has his hands in many different bands either as a player or a producer or a mixer or something like that do you work with any other bands outside of uh this one um bands that he's also involved with as far as mixing and stuff or just or, any band that you work in outside of Pyramids. Oh, yeah. So I am, my day job is that I'm a professional um, session musician, composer, songwriter. So bands from all over the world hire me to play on their albums and write songs for them and compose orchestration for their songs. So I have something like 10 albums coming out this year. Um, I played on... Well, so like starting at the beginning of the year, I played on the Atrocity album that came out in January um, that came out on Massacre. Um, and then this uh, this month, like, I mean, this interview will come out in June, I'm assuming. So in June, I, I played on an album called Pridane, and that's out on Limb Music. That's more of a traditional European uh, power metal album um, that I collaborated on with uh, Mike Levas sings on it. And Bob Katsionis played on it and produced and mixed the album as well. And then, of course, I have the Pyramids album, which comes out on June 23rd. So two albums out in June. And then I have a bunch of other stuff coming down the pipeline as well that I haven't been able to officially announce. But um, a, a big band on AFM, I, did, I wrote songs for them and did, did orchestration on their album. And then there's a couple bands on Napalm that I worked with. And yeah. You'll see. <laughs> do you primarily do the studio session stuff for bands of the similar genre that you work in, or do you kind of work outside of that at times? Um, so, I, I mean, I work with a lot of symphonic metal bands. Um, that's my niche. Um, sometimes bands uh, approach me because they just want like a big epic album intro or whatever. I do that a lot. Um, but, you know, I can do any style of metal. I've I have branched out into other genres of music before. It just doesn't happen as much. Like there was there's like a local hip hop artist in the Twin Cities. I did a bunch of like beats for him or whatever. Um, that stuff's really easy. So uh, and I have a video game soundtrack that I did that's coming out on um, Nintendo on Xbox and stuff like that. Uh, hopefully this year. That game's that's- called Ninja Brigade. What's the name of the game? Ninja Brigade. Okay. 
my son loves video game soundtracks. That's like his thing. He doesn't even really listen to like music on the radio or anything like that. It just does video game music. Cool. Well, the soundtrack to that will be out on all the streaming platforms. It'll be released. And it's kind of a, I did sort of an 80s montage, Saturday morning cartoon, synth wavy kind of thing. Like intentionally over the top, cheesy, kind of like Miami Vice guitar solos and very like Rocky Four soundtrack vibes. <clears throat> so awesome. I apologize. I'm losing my voice a little bit, but <laughs> that's all right. Uh, those are all the questions I have for you, uh, Jonah. Thank you for talking to me about the latest album by Pyramaze, Bloodlines. It comes out June 23rd on AFM Records. Uh, Great album. I listened to it this week. Uh, you got a lot to be proud of. Well, thank you, sir. I really, really enjoyed this interview. Um, your questions were great, and you are a swell fellow to talk to. Once again, I want to thank Jonah Weingarten of Pyramids for coming on the Rock is George podcast. Be sure to check out their latest album, Bloodlines, out June 23rd through AFM Records. Head over to your favorite music streaming app. Take a listen to what's available. If you like what you hear, Buy a physical copy. Support the artist. For all things Pyramaze, head over to their official website, pyramaze.com. I also want to thank Dustin Hardman and AFM Records for making this interview possible. You've been great. I've been George Dion. Discover your next favorite artist on the Rock is George podcast. <laughs>